And this series is called Lamentations. And a lot of times when people hear the word Lamentations, right away they go, oh, this is going to be a downer. <laughs> Great. So Pastor Mike wants us all to cry all day long. No, I don't want you to cry all day long unless you need to cry all day long, and then I won't judge you. But uh, Lamentations is a series that's going to help us because what is a lament? A lament is a passionate express of grief or sorrow. It's actually a godly thing. It's a biblical thing, believe it or not. And, um, and so my hope is that over the next five weeks, we're going to have all of our energy directed towards hope, towards God. You know, in the face of, uh, of ridiculous adversity, you think about it. Right now, we're facing adversity globally. We're facing adversity nationally. We're facing adversity personally. Many of us in this room don't know what the other person's going through. And we can feel alone in a room full of people. So it's important for us to really look at the book of Lamentations. And there's a few things that we need to look at. Now some things I can already tell you you're not going to like. Because I don't like them. And so when you look at them, you know you're not going to like them because I'm human and you're human. And so the first thing we're going to look at in Lamentations is the admission of sin. We have to look at our life. What have we done to cause some of the troubles that we're facing? Oh, I'm innocent. I didn't do nothing. Right? No, we all have something. We've all contributed in some way to our unhappiness. Right? And I have probably contributed to your unhappiness through these sermons at different points. But then, then we come to the deep need for repentance. Okay, it's an, so you know what you're doing. But if you don't repent of it and change, what's the point? Right? Oh, yeah, I know I'm doing bad. I just like it. That's not, that's not God's way. And so we look at it and we, we say no. And so then we understand the value of true lament. That's where you really are lamenting yourself, what's been done to you, what you've done to you, what others have done to you, and what you have experienced. All of that is a part of it. And the reality of the hope of God. You see, I think sometimes when the world gets as crazy as it is, we forget this isn't our home. I think what happens is, is we forget that heaven is our home. We forget that heaven is what God planned. We have dual citizenship. And so, and, and, and to, to truth, the, the truth of the matter is, before I'm American, I'm a Christian and I'm looking forward to heaven. And so it's important, but here's what I believe. I believe as, as we unpack this together, I believe what's going to happen is, is we're going to unpack through study and through reflection. That's the key part. I don't just want you to hear the message, but now I want you to reflect on what you've learned. And then, 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 then what happens is, is we're going to unearth these precious jewels. We're going to unearth the precious nuggets. We're going to find, we're going to sift, we're going to pan for trust. We're going to pan for hope. And through the rubble of sweeping tragedy, we're going to find God. Which is who we need. In case you don't know, we still need Jesus. I still need Jesus. I need him more than my next breath. And so as we look at the context of Lamentations, if we're just being honest, let's just have a little fun. How many people, by show of hands, have actually read the book of Lamentations? Okay, there's like 
a couple of us. Okay, no shame involved in that. Amen. Now you can read it. Amen. (laughs) But we're going to read it together because because a lot of people don't understand what it is. But uh, Lamentations, this is going to make it easier for you. It's only five chapters. And let me make it even easier. Four of those chapters are only 22 verses. Yeah? That's biblical, right? You can read that in a day, right? Right? And so uh, if you'd maybe put Facebook down for a minute. Hey, Pastor, can you go back to North Carolina and shut your mouth? You don't need to be all up in my business. You just got back. You're like 10 seconds into your your sermon, and you're all in my business already. So now, when we look at Lamentations, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And it's, it's strongly believed that Jeremiah is the one that penned Lamentations. However, it's not absolutely confirmed, just like the book of Hebrews. We know God wrote Lamentations. But Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, we would lean toward that because he survived the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem, the destruction and the exile. And so so the fall of Jerusalem was the most horrendous event that had ever taken place in Israel's history. It was a national catastrophe. God, when you look at their history, God had given Abraham the land and they were blessed. God gave David victory and made Jerusalem the capital and had had unified Israel and Judah into one. All these things are... From David came the line of kings. So all these things, God's presence dwelt in the temple and the priests maintained that kind of worship for 500 years. But the people... Their hearts were far from God. And they began to worship other idols. And they began to let other gods get involved in their business. And in 587 B.C., Jerusalem fell. It was laid to waste and destroyed. And everything that they knew for 500 years was gone. I think 2020 is never going to be forgotten. When I think about COVID-19 and those we lost through COVID-19, I think that we should be sitting in a, in, a, in a packed room this morning, but we had to space ourselves out and we're wearing masks. I don't think we're going to forget COVID-19. I don't think we're going to forget the cases of police brutality. I pray we don't because we seem to have a short memory on this. There's a list, and then there's a slate, and then there's a list, and then there's a slate. But I hope we're in this for the long haul for true justice. I hope so. We'll never forget the peaceful protests, which we're grateful for. We'll never forget the awfulness of rioting and looting, the anger and the frustration of many. We'll never forget racism on a national level. And, and may I mention to you that race isn't, racism is not specific to one race. I'm just going to let it set for a minute. Because for some reason, sometimes I think we think racism is one way. But racism is, is not one way. 
We need to be careful. We'll never forget that the church closed. Churches were closed. Closed. Now the church continued on, but our buildings were closed. We'll never forget the people who lost their businesses. I pray we don't. That was their life, man. They lost it. We'll never forget the financial dismay and the jobs that have been lost. We'll never forget. We're not done yet. In case you all forgot, and I'm pretty sure you haven't, November's coming and there's an election coming. God help us. God help us. 2020's not over. So I think we're understanding what destruction looks like. So the book of Lamentations, it's a memorial to the pain and to the confusion that followed the destruction of everything we know. I don't know about you, but I'm in pain and I'm confused. When I look at what's happening, I look at, at all of these, the, the, the sorrow and the pain and the injustice and the sickness and the dying. I'm confused and it hurts. People I love are in danger. So when we look at these four chapters, it's very unique because the, the four chapters are actually laid out very, very orderly. They actually go according to the Hebrew or the Jewish alphabet. Each one of the verses starts, it's an acrostic or an alphabet poem. And it goes from A to Z. You know why? They're trying to communicate, God, here's my pain from A to Z. I don't want to leave anything out. So these poems follow an acrostic. The first three follow 22 verses. Then in, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, 1, 2, and 4. And then in verse 3, in chapter 3, there's actually 66 verses because there are three that start with each one. And then in 5, it loses all order because they just can't hold their pain anymore. Does that sound like you? Sound like me? Eventually you get to, I can't hold my pain anymore. I can't keep this orderly structure anymore. I am hurting. I want it to stop. What's, new, what's unique is that the author puts this acrostic together in order in the face of disorder and chaos. It's like I'm trying to express something that is inexpressible. What I love about Lamentations, though, it's a book that doesn't ask you to suffer in silence. Can you say amen? amen? God is not asking you to suffer in silence. He wants you to use your voice. You need to use your voice. God is not saying suffer in silence. God's people are not asked to, 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 to deny our emotions. He's not saying, hey, deny your emotions, deny your anger, deny your fear, deny your doubt. He's saying, tell me about it, tell me about it, tell me about it. We're asked to voice our protests. We're asked to voice our protests to God. 
Many of you don't know that this church, our church, the church in general, uh, uh, you had the Catholic church and then you had the Protestant church. You know why? Because they protested that the word of God was not in the hands of the people. That's where the word Protestant came from. So this whole movement came out of a protest. Didn't know that for a lot of people. We're asked to vent our feelings. Now, feelings aren't right or wrong. That's just how you feel. You're allowed to say how you feel. And whether I like your feelings or not doesn't matter. It's how you feel. They're not right. They're not wrong. They just are. But feelings aren't facts. Because feelings change in a heartbeat. problem is is that we forget we're supposed to pour it all out to God see we pour it all out on other people but we forget to pour it out to God here's what I love about lamentations it doesn't end all nice and neat you know all nice and cleaned up everything happens and hey and they lived happily ever after that's not how lamentations ends you know how lamentations ends with an open-ended question God, if you're still with us. God, you're on the throne. God, you're glorious. God, you're amazing. We just hope you're still with us. And that's how it ends. Isn't that how life is sometimes? God, I just hope you're still with me. Right? God, I I hope you haven't given up on me. And it says, because we understand we're left with faith, hope, and trust in the midst of heartache and hardship. The story of the Bible doesn't end there. However, it's important for you and I to understand that lament and pain and grief, listen to me, do not miss this, are a crucial part of your faith and my faith. I said lament and pain and grief are a crucial part of your faith and my faith because they test your faith. You see, we live in a broken and sin-sick world, and in case you didn't know it, we are broken and sin-sick ourselves. So what do I want you to see in Lamentations? What do I want you to see? What I want you to see in Lamentations is that Lamentations are a form of protest. They're a form of protest. They're literally screaming out for God to notice me, see me. Now, he notices them and sees them because they brought this part of this on themselves. But there's many innocent that didn't do anything to it. And they're just like, see me, notice me. Lamentations 1.12 says, is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look and see if there's any sorrow like my sorrow, which has been brought upon me which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. In verse 20, look, O Lord, for I am in distress. Anybody feeling distressed? Let's be honest. Come on now. My stomach churns. Anybody's stomach hurting because of what's happening? My heart is wrung. Anybody feel like your heart has just been wrung out? Within me because... I was rebellious in the street. The sword bereaves in the house. It's like death. Basically, this lament is to call everyone, you and me and God, 
to notice. And isn't that what these peaceful protests have been about? See me, notice me. Notice me, see me. See who I am. See, we're one. Isn't that what we're seeing here? It's to bring attention. God wants, these people are saying, God, have you seen? Yeah, I'll take responsibility for my part, God. I I know. I know that I've been doing things. I know that I have spewed racism. I know that I have. And I know there's areas that i got to get cleaned out, God. But And I'm not saying I didn't do it. I'm just saying, God, see me. Notice me. Help me. I can't get this out of me. Only you can get this out of me. It's a protest. <coughs> not COVID, by the way. Don't anybody shoot me. Don't anybody take me to the shed, you know. That's what you do in zombie movies, you know. When people say, I'm going to be okay. You're like, yeah, you ain't going to be okay. Say, so, yeah, come walk with me to the shed. I need some help over here. Because horrible things happen in this world that shouldn't be tolerated. And so all, all, these lament, all these lamentations are doing is they're saying, I want to see me. And I need you to see me. And I need you to see me. And then we can fix this. I love the fact that lamentations are a protest. That we're allowed to protest. God, I don't like this. It's okay. God knows everything, but sometimes you need to voice it. God, I don't like this. The next thing I want you to see about lamentations is lamentations help us to process our emotions. How many people need some help with that? Come on now. Come on, you know it. You know it and I know it. We all need some help processing these emotions, don't we? Because we don't know what to do with, I love what Mr. Rogers said, I don't know what to do with my, with my hurt, with my pain. He's like, what do you do with your hurt? What do you do with your anger? What do you do with your mad? That's what he asked. What do you do with your mad? What do you do with it? And lament, lamentations help us. Look at, look at what the, the lamenter in, in 122 says. Let all their evil, speaking of their enemies, let all their evil doing come before you and deal with them as you've dealt with me because of my transgressors. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. It says, God, I want you to get them people. That's what he's saying. Get them, God. I don't want you to save them. I want you to get them. I like to smite. Now, don't smite me because of my stuff, but smite them. Look over me, Lord, hallelujah, but smite them all day long. God's people literally need to vent our anger. Did you know you can be angry and sin not? You can have a righteous anger. We're supposed, I told you before I left on, on the 31st, I don't want your anger to cease until we get justice. I don't want it to be a flash in the pan. I want it to be a righteous anger that calls for change. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. 
God wants us to literally vent our ruin that's caused by people's sin and selfishness, not just our own, but what has been done to us. God, don't you see what they're doing? The Psalms are full of it. Job is full of it. These are the lamentations that say, God, I just need to voice this to you. I know that you're the God of the universe. You know everything. You see everything. But did you maybe close your eyes for a minute? Did you see what they did to me? Can you get them? See, chapter 1, chapter 1 of of Lamentations really speaks of the grief and shame. And it it personifies the city of Jerusalem called the daughter of Zion or Lady Zion. And she sits there. And as you read this, and I challenge you to read it, as you're reading it, it it challenges us to understand that, that the daughter of Zion has been widowed. She's alone. She's bereaved, and her loved ones are nowhere to be found, and no one, everybody say no one. No one comes to comfort her. No one, not even her friends, not her family, nobody comes to comfort her. She's alone, and is trying to communicate. That's how some of us feel. If we're just being honest, that's how we feel, alone. It's a powerful metaphor. She speaks and she calls to God. She says, God, notice me. Notice my fate. See my pain. See the destruction. And you know what this is actually pointing us toward? This is actually pointing us toward the psychological trauma that is taking place in our culture. People are terrified of sickness, aren't they? People are terrified of death, aren't they? There's a psychological trauma that comes to that, that you and I need to be compassionate toward people. I don't care that you have a strong immune system. Praise God that you have one, but what about those who don't? Care about them. See them. Notice them. Help them. This is, this is what this she says saying. It's psychological. It's psychological for, for our African-American brothers and sisters who are worried when their sons drive. What's going to happen to my son? you got to feel that because I don't know about you, but that, that's like my spiritual family. These are my, my sons and, and my brothers and my daughters and my sisters. And there's psychological things happening, but we got to feel it. We process our emotions. And the truth of the matter is, Lamentations, it tells us this. The only way that she can really express it is in a dirge, a funeral song. The only way she can express her psychological problem is a funeral. It's like somebody died. It's like somebody died. And in our case, some have. So we process our emotions and we give them to God. But I don't know if you guys, there's a part of the song we sang. It says, Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross to die. But not even death itself could hold him down because he rose to life. Such an awesome God. 
You see, you and I have got to remember COVID may have taken some, but it could not keep them because of Jesus. And we may have lost some because of racism and injustice, but it can't keep them because of Jesus. Lamentations, number three, are a place you can voice your confusion. Confused, God. Lamentations 2.20 says, look, O Lord, and see. Are you hearing what he's doing? They're constantly saying, look and see, look and see, look and see. With whom have you dealt thus? And listen to what it says. Now, this is what I want you Should women eat the fruit of their womb, the children of their tender care? What was happening during the siege is mothers were eating their children. Should that happen? It says, should priests and prophets be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? Because the priests and prophets were murdered. Not just by the enemy, by the way. By the religious. It asks you to say what, it asks you to look at what is. What is right now? And then it says, it asks you to ask bravely what could be. And then it asks the more important question, what should be? See, this is where we find ourselves. It makes us ask questions about God's character, God's promises. Which, by the way, did you know the Bible, God is, God is big, and He can actually handle your questions. Did you know that? You don't believe me? Ask Job. Ask Job. Job asked all kinds of questions until God finally said, uh, can I talk now? And then Job's like, well, hold on. for And, 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 and God said, no, it's time for you to be quiet. It's time for me to speak. And then, and then when Job was talking, he went to interrupt. He said, no, I'm just going to be quiet now. And God said, I'm sorry. Are you the one that tells it to rain? Are you the one that tells the sun when it's allowed to shine? Is that you? Because I'm pretty sure that was me. So are you the one that put the Leviathan in the deep and can pull it out if he wants to? Oh, that's right. It's me. So God, God let him voice it. And then God said, when you're done, let a brother know because I'd like to say some things. He voiced his confusion. But it's a place for us. I mean, listen, it's 2020. Should we be living like this? No, man. But it's humans that did it, not God. Only God can get us out of it, though. So what do we do? What's our solution? We say, well, I'm just, I'm going to give up on God. Really? Well, where's your hope then? I can't give up on God. I'm sorry. Can't do it. So I voice my confusion. God, I don't know why. I know that you, you never waste a hurt, but God, please help me. I'm confused, man. I'm confused. I got confusion for them little babies. I love St. Jude because they take care of babies. They got cancer. I'm like, God, I'm confused, but I talk to God about that all the time. I don't know if you do, but I do. I say, God, why this little baby? Look at her. 
She's beautiful, God. Why? And I don't get an answer. But I know that no matter what happens to that baby, she's going to be with God. And so I just hope. I don't say, God, I'm going to hate you because of this. Finally, Lamentations restores a sacred dignity to human suffering. Thank God for that, man. Lamentations lets us restore a sacred dignity to human suffering. It reminds us that we were made in the image of God. And it restores us. Look at what Lamentations 3, 24, at 22 through 24 says. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Many people don't even know that was a song that you would sing. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. You didn't know you were singing a lament, did you? You were lamenting and didn't even know it. You see, human words, human words address grief to God. And what I love about lamentations, listen to how much God loves you. You want to know how much God loves you? God loves you so much that he took the book of lamentations, the, the words of his people that were expressed, and he made them the words so that you and I would know how to lament. Isn't that how good God is? He's so good that he gives you the tools, the model on what it means to lament. Jesus knew what it meant to lament. When he walked upon Jerusalem, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I want to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't let me. David knew about lamenting. It restores the sacred dignity. Chapter 3, it breaks the pattern, and now you have three lines per letter, making it the longest book. Don't be afraid, longest chapter. It's only 66 verses. Thank you, Jesus. And the poem is the voice. You know what it is? It's the voice of a lonely man who is suffering in grief. And you know what he's supposed to be? The representation of all the people. And what happens there is he draws inspiration, if you read it, he draws inspiration from Job, from Psalm, and from Isaiah chapter 51 through 53. The suffering servant, Jesus. Amen. He sees the hardships as a form of God's justice. But, but when he sees that, he also knows that God's justice is what gives him hope. Amen. I said it's God's justice that gives him hope. Amen. He speaks... He speaks the only, listen to me, the only powerful and positive verses in the book, which is what I just spoke to you. That's the only positive in that whole book. God's mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. You know, you know why he does that? 
Because he, re- he, he reasons this. If God is consistent enough to bring justice, right? If God is consistent enough to bring judgment, then he's consistent enough to keep his promises. That's his answer. His solution is, well, God, I see your justice. God, I see your judgment. And so what I know is you promise justice, you promise judgment, and you keep your promises. And what I love about that, the hope that I have and the hope that I want to just put into your heart is evil will never get the last word. It never will get the last word. God gets the last word. You see, what I know about racism, racism has an expiration date. It's not on this side of heaven, but when Jesus comes, racism's done. Sickness and disease and death, they have an expiration date. See, that's why I have hope, because God keeps his promises. So we're left to ask ourselves a few questions. Now that we understand that lamentations are a form form of protest, they help you process emotions, they help you voice your confusion, and they restore the sacred dignity to your human suffering, what do you do with lamentations? You see, I have real questions for us. Real questions. Do we defeat racism by practicing racism and segregating ourselves? Is that what we do? We defeat racism by saying, well, I'm just going to stick with my race and nobody else. Is that the answer? White with white, black with black, Spanish with Spanish, you name it all. I told you guys on the third verse, where do I go? You're my people. My people. So when you say you're going to go back, does that mean that that's how you feel about me? Is that how I feel? So Andre and I can't be brothers anymore because of the color of our skin? It can't be that way. We've been too far. We've, been, we've done too much, Dre. Come on, I mean, you know, and, and don't forget that crying. Now, just not me, you know. <laughs> So we, do we decide that our politics are greater, have a greater voice in our faith? Do we let our faith guide our politics or our politics guide our faith? And do we let politics decide that we're not going to be brothers and sisters anymore? Really? I told you I got in trouble because I, last election, I told you on Tuesday, the, the Sunday before, I told everybody on Tuesday, don't matter who wins, Jesus is still my king. People didn't like that. You need to condemn this person and join this person. I said, come on, man. Jesus is king. Whoever God puts in office is who he puts in office. Better talk to Paul about Nero if you're mad. Do we ignore the vulnerable and deny what's happening and just prefer ourselves? Is that what we do to the vulnerable? 
We say, I don't care about you. I just care about me. I don't believe there's anything wrong. Well, tell that to the people who've lost loved ones. Tell that now the median age is 38 to 55 of people who are getting sick, and not all of them are recovering. I don't know if you know this, but there are four hospitals in Pinellas County that have no more ICU beds. Oh, but this is fake. People are dying, and all you got to do is wear a mask. Wash your hands. And we can't do that because we know better. I'm an expert. Well, tell that grieving father, that grieving mother, that grieving son, that grieving daughter that you don't care about them and you don't care that this book says I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself because my politics speaks something different. I know, made half people mad, but I make half the people mad anytime. I get all people. I I try, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I want to offend 100%. I'm just trying to get another sabbatical, y'all. We need to send him away for 30 more days. Trustees, we need a secret meeting. We need to send him, he done lost his mind. Did you hear that message on Sunday? I'll be up there rocking in the chair talking about it worked. So, come on, that's what happens. Do we turn, listen to me, don't miss this. Do we turn from God and worship other gods? Do we worship the God of race? I'm going to say it again, and now, like I said, I get to make everybody mad. Do we worship the God of race? Because I don't know about you, but before I'm white, I'm a Christian. Do we worship the God of nationalism? Well, before I'm an American, I'm a Christian. Do we worship the God of gender? But before I'm a man, I'm a Christian. By the way, that's Scripture. That's Galatians, by the way. So do we turn to that? Or, or, do we turn to God? Do we live out our faith? Do we trust in God? Do we believe that racism and COVID and all the other ills of this word have an expiration date? And do we protest together? Do we express our emotions together? Do we express our confusion together? And do we allow each other the sacred dignity of being together in our human suffering? This is the question. And my answer is, we turn to Jesus. You see, because... Ten years later, and it's still all about Jesus because it's always been about Jesus and it's always going to be about Jesus. What, what I just shared with you, I want, to be, I want to be as candid as I can be with you. What I just shared with you is impossible without God. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you won't be able to see this. If you don't have the Holy Spirit working in your life, you won't be able to be corrected. You won't. If you don't, if you're not letting God speak to you and you're letting others speak to you, you will not be able to receive what I said. And if any of these things twinged your heart and made you mad, you need to ask God why. Did I say ask yourself? Don't ask yourself because you lie. I lie. I can justify anything. 
You ask God. And he'll deal with it. Whether you know Jesus right now or whether you're on the road to knowing him, God wants to work in your life. And he wants to hear all of your pain. He wants to hear all of your anger. He wants to hear all of your questions. And the good news is he has answers. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be here. We thank you for your blessings, seen and unseen in our lives. God, I pray right now for each and every person here in this room and all the people listening by Facebook. I pray right now that you'll search our hearts, God. Search us, and if there be any wicked way, forgive us. See us today, God. Notice us. See our pain. See our hurt. See our struggle. God, we take responsibility for our own sin. Forgive us. God, we repent. We lament. We choose to put our hope in you and not in others. Help us, oh God. If you're here today or you're listening and you need Jesus in your life more than your next breath, all you have to do is simply, the Bible says, I believe in Jesus and I receive him. If you just simply say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Jesus, I, I believe you died on a cross for my sin. Jesus, I believe that God raised you back to life. And Jesus, I believe that you're preparing a place for me and one day you're going to take me to be where, that I may be where you are. I choose to put my hope and my faith in you. Holy Spirit, come in and lead me and guide me. I know that I will not be perfect, but I am being perfected. And when I fall, and I know I will, I will run back to you and have you pick me up and put me on the right path. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's good? I got to tell you, I missed you all so much, and it was so wonderful just to be home. That message has been burning in my heart for weeks, and so I just wanted to just pour that into you today. I pray that you take that message and share it with many. Remember, it's available online, so you can send it and share it with other people. I encourage you to read the book of Lamentations. We're going to be unpacking next week, how do you pray through Lamentations? So you don't want to miss this uh, series. So hopefully you'll just continue to encourage one another, uplift one another, and do your part. All God wants you to do is your part. Don't worry about your, somebody else's part. And don't worry about what they're doing and what they're not doing. Just do your part. And God will do the rest. Amen. Let me bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pronounce a blessing over each and every person that's here. I pray that you watch over them as they walk in the highways and byways. I pray everywhere that their feet touch that the good news of Jesus Christ will be lived and preached. And I pray, God, that you will walk with them and remind them that you are the God who is in control. It's in Jesus' powerful name we pray, ask, and believe. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. I love you guys, man, and I'll see you next week.